Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and given it a second chance, might just change your mind. Here, we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this time will be Netflix's Elves? Nisser? Elves. Yeah, Elves. We'll go with Elves. speak English, the show is indeed called Elves. However, the original title is the Danish title Nisser, I think. It's N-I-S-S-E-R. I definitely didn't pronounce that right. You might have. Danish is similar to German and that looks like I've that. got no idea. If based on German, that's how I'd pronounce that word. Nisser. Yeah, but you could also drop the R. Some languages sometimes drop certain consonants at the end depending on the word. Fair enough. So what is Elves? It is a 2021 Netflix original series, originally Danish, and it is a Christmas series. Hence the name Elves. I will say I distinctly hate Netflix's habit of taking shows and slapping their label on a show when they had nothing to do with the production. Yeah. Money High Season 1 was that way. I'm pretty sure that's what they did here. I'm not entirely sure, but that, it feels like it. I think it is. But I'm, I, I think I recognize some of the voices for the English dub from the Money Heist English dub. <laughs> okay. And I'm 100% sure Netflix just recycles dubbers. Speaking of, that's the first thing. We watched this in the English dub. We regretted it immensely. Yes, we did also check out its original dub watch it in its original language that's genuinely true for most things but that's definitely gonna be true for this whether or not we think you should watch it at all if you're going to watch it in its original language it's better that way so episode one is entitled armon island the d is silent yep i learned that when watching the danish version yeah So we open up on this show with a slow panning back shot on like a gate, but it's, it doesn't necessarily look like super professional. It almost looks like it's just made from pieces of rebar and some chicken wire and then yeah. a sign. And then all along the side of it, stretching down much farther is a fence made of what just looks like sheets of corrugated steel or corrugated aluminum. Yeah. The bottom five feet or so of the fence stretching past the gate is just sheet metal or corrugated steel. Yep. And then it's got like actual fencing on top. And then yeah. was it barbed wire or? Uh, it was hard to tell. It was some type of security wire, barbed wire or razor wire or something. And then a truck pulls up and a man gets out of it and goes around to the back where he has a trailer with a cow in it. And he has a rifle and he takes the cow and leads it to the gate. And unlocks the gate. With him unlocking the gate, we get a closer view of it. And it also seems to be electrified. There is a sign that we see initially that is a yellow sign with a black lightning bolt on it. And there's a giant rubber seal around the lock area. Yeah. So it looks like it's an electrified fence. With precautions to make sure you can unlock it without electrocuting yourself because the lock is still metal is it is that how locks work well no locks don't have to be metal uh, yeah good point so in one of my no fa- that's not that's not how locks work in one of my favorite fantasy fiction series the locks are typically made out of wood actually yeah you also you can make a functioning door lock out of wood it's actually pretty easy and they're fairly neat and the keys are like weird cubes that you have to like slide into the door cool you know what i'm talking about not off the top of my head gentleman bastard sequence oh yeah you're right mm-hmm. yeah i forgot that those were their keys yeah they're, they're like cubes that like yeah. fit in and like finish the gear mm-hmm. so that the doors can properly open it's really intel it's really like inspired design anyways sorry 
And then we see this man escorting the cow off into the middle of the forest into a really muddy area with broken trees and a post with a chain on it. On second viewing, and actually a little further into first viewing, I don't think it's just mud because it's like there's mud in the area yeah. around it, but there's like it's very dark mud. Mm-hmm. And we later get another thing that like correlates to that. Yeah. But yeah, he ties the cow up to a stake or a tree. And we hear some like growling from the forest and we hear some things rustling. Whispering. Mm-hmm. We get whispering. And he pulls his gun out and walks away from the cow after cocking it and then the cow starts freaking out after the man closes the gate and we pan away from the cow to the post let's chain to we hear the chain rattle the cow stops moving we see blood squirt across the screen squirt is the wrong word it like splatters it, it i wanted to say splurt not squirt it like gushes fish which you know would help make the dirt there wet and a very dark color because blood soaking into the ground that's fair too i was thinking yeah. it was more like their no, blood but that doesn't yeah make sense. i got right. you and so then from there we get our opening, which is set to a choral version of Carol of the Bells. A tremendously terrible rendition of Carol of Bells. Like the opening is fine. This yeah. music is not. I love Carol of Bells. Carol of Bells is one of my favorite holiday pieces because it's distinctly not supposed to be a holiday piece. So I think it's supposed to come off as a bit off and a bit creepy. Like it, parts of it are supposed to sound a bit off. No, I, I would assume. It's supposed to be like, it's 100% supposed to have like but a But I don't like vibe. that part of it. Yeah. But it's terrible. And for the visuals of the intro, we get shots of the forest looking dark and creepy we get some foggy shots we get a shot of our main character who we'll meet in a bit and we have some a shot of some birds flying away we get two shots of their christmas tree just to let you know that it is set around christmas all to the terrible rendition of carol of bills look just don't fuck with carol of bills like i've heard good renditions good like changes to it but in general don't fuck with it it's a masterpiece it, it's honestly a really great song and then from there we pick up with a shot of a young girl Kind of just fawning over her dog. Yep. They're outside of like a grocery store or convenience store. Yeah. And she's just petting the dog and then her mother comes out. Yeah. She's like, come on, we gotta go. Get in the car. You're not supposed to touch your dogs that you that aren't yours. And she's like, but it's the exact type of dog I want. And mom's like, yep, I know. You're too young for your dog. And this girl looked easily to be like at least 12. I, I, I was thinking But I was thinking more 12. like 13, maybe 14. It's hard to tell. I'm not good with ages of people, especially people very young or not very young. Like that middle space in between ages. I bring so, nope from from six to about two pretty easy yeah i can i can narrow that down they're like from seven to about 11 they all look the same yeah 11 blends into the 12 bracket but from like 11 to 14 you get some like oh, weird overlaps yeah and, like, and my brain also, my brain just goes it's a child you also get some weird overlaps from from like 12 to like 16 and then from like 14 to like age adults. ranges are dumb and hard to tell so child but easily looks to be at least older than 10 i actually saw a fairly reasoned argument or post on reddit about why we have trouble determining ages visually yeah it has to do with content that we that we consume and watch i mean honestly that would make sense yeah because television lies to us all the time about what ages are yep yeah it's what like it was specifically in in regards to oh peter parker's grandmother in the new spider-man movies mm. aunt may sorry aunt may his aunt yeah, yeah aunt versus may. May. people were complaining that they de-aged her but the actress is like 52 53 years old mm. and people were like complaining because they de-aged her but they didn't peter's 20 peter's not even 20 peter's 16 aunt may in her 50s they didn't de-age her. You just can't tell yeah. ages anymore. No, Marissa Tomei is like 58. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, 58. Yeah, even more my point. She just, one, looked good for her age. And two, yeah, we're all very bad at determining ages, yep. visually. But anyways, though, she looks old enough to be considered responsible for a dog because that's what this next conversation is all about. Her parent, her mom's like, you shouldn't be messing with a dog. And then the whole, but it's like, what I want. Yeah, but you're not old enough to have one. You said that last year. Yeah. And but, it was true last year, too. Yeah, but like, her argument isn't that she's not responsible enough 
enough. She made the argument of that you're not old enough, which is never like a good basis for an argument like that, unless it's literally a legal reason as to why you shouldn't be allowed to do something. Yeah, Justice, you're not old enough to run for Congress. Exactly. <laughs> but you said that last year. <laughs> And I'll say it again next year. Yeah, crazy, right? But like, responsible enough is an entirely different argument. And that's something that going in, we definitely don't know. But I feel like it's kind of just to reflect that a thing that I think we're going to see pretty easily later on that her mother is kind of a bit overprotective and overbearing and definitely overbearing. Yeah. We also get a comment from the dad here when she like whines to her dad while they're getting in the car. And he's like, sorry, I'm on vacation. Yep. Talk to the boss. And then like not to head over to their mom. And then her brother mocks her. Yeah. So they get in the car. They're going to an island for... For... Well, they get in the car, mm-hmm. and before they get in the car, we hate to mention that they're going to an island for vacation. Mm-hmm. And then when they get in the car, before they get to the ferry for their way there, oh wait, no, no, sorry, wait, yeah, yeah, it's here. The dad just starts insulting his son, calls him a punk ass, and like, yeah, because he no. doesn't have a job, that's why. And the kid is maybe sixteen. Yeah, he reads as like fourteen or yeah, 15. exactly. That's why I said maybe sixteen. I stretched it because they seem to be trying to play it up like he's a lot older than his sister, but they look fairly close in age. Yeah, he. He reads like 14 maybe mm-hmm. and the girl he goes on a date with reads like 16 yeah but it's he, he just starts insulting him all of a sudden for no reason when we get in the car and it, it's well, no, not actually this scene is after they're already on the ferry because when she gets back in the car oh you're right ferry. Sorry, but yeah. anyways you're right to the point yeah they, they get on a ferry they she stands ferry. by herself on the ferry mm-hmm. and then she's sitting outside and there's a call for everybody to get back in their car so she gets back in her cars and that's when she, we come into this argument between the dad and the son yeah the dad's name is Matt the mom's name is Charlotte, and the son is Casper. Yes. The friendly ghost. And the daughter's name is Josephine, or Jose, they call her a lot, at least in the English dub. Yeah, Jose. And so then they get in their vehicle, they arrive at the island, and they stop briefly at the gate to get directions. Yeah, they ask a local for directions, the girl that Casper will eventually go on a date with. Yeah, and she tells them, okay, just follow the coastal road, and you'll go to where you need to go. Yeah, because they're renting a house from somebody, Airbnb-style. Airbnb stuff, yeah. I don't think they actually use Airbnb. Airbnb, it doesn't seem like that. Yeah. Airbnb is a lot more. They just get to the house and go in, so. Yeah, that's what they're doing. So we get an overview shot of them. That way, when we come back in, it's an indistinguishable amount of time. We don't know exactly where they are, and they can have a conversation. Basically, we got the overhead shot to break up the fact that they've just gone from the ferry. It allows yeah. us to move time. And the father has decided to take a shortcut instead of following the coastal road, like he was told. And as his wife points out that they were told, because she has to point it out. Yeah. He's instead taking a road through the center of the island, through the forest. Because like yeah a coastal road goes around this will go straight through as long as i stick straight we should be fine which is why would you ever assume that a road just continues all the way across a fucking island i would never make that assumption i don't make the assumption that the road can continues down like 150 feet that i can't see we should mention the reason they had to ask for directions is because the gps isn't working on the island mm-hmm. and they don't have cell service either it looks like yeah yeah mm-hmm. so as they're driving the dad is mocking the son about because the son's kind of complaining he's like i don't i, I don't know why we're here i don't want to be here it sounds kind of boring and where then, is everybody? Where is everything? Where is anything to do? And the is there even mocking a town? Him. And just like, don't worry, we brought your curious George books. And he's mocking him and shit. And just, it feels bad. Like, it's not even humorous mocking. It just feels bad. Yep. So then, after mocking him about the curious George books, the mother interrupts and is like, we should all sing along to Christmas music. Yeah. And so, so they all start singing Jingle Bells. Well, Mad 
loves Charlotte and Casper do. Yeah. Josephine doesn't, so Casper starts harassing his sister. Yeah. And they, they start fighting like siblings do. And the father takes his eyes off the road to yell at them and like turn around and look at them. Even though which, the mother's already doing that. Which you don't need to do as a driver. Never never turn yeah. around. If you're going to turn around and yell at people in the backseat, what you have to do first is stop your car and pull over to the side of the road and then turn around and yell at people. Or if you're really good at driving, whip your car around 180, throw it in reverse and drive backwards down the road. That way when you're looking back to see where you're driving, you can also see your kids to yell at them. This is the most badass way to yell at your kids. <laughs> I I want that in a movie now. <laughs> I think, you know, the genre of cool spy parents or spy family stuff is kind of worn it's out. A it's, welcome. Dead, it's a yeah. dead genre, yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen because that feels like where it's the most likely. But yeah, that honestly, that would be a fun scene to see in one of those movies. But anyways, though. Hitman's Bodyguard 3. Samuel L. Jackson has now married his girlfriend, who was in the second movie. They have kids. It's eight years later. Ryan Reynolds is driving the kids to protect them, and they're fighting, and he has to whip the car around <laughs> in a 180 and yell at them while driving. There you go. I'm fine with it, yeah. <laughs> Book it. Contact me, Hollywood. I'll write part of that screenplay. <laughs> so, because the dad's not looking, they seem to hit something. We hear a small thump. The car stops, and they all get out of the car to walk around the front to see anything. They don't look behind them, and no point in getting out of the car do any of them look behind them no josephine does oh yeah sorry sorry the irresponsible child who's not old enough to take care of a dog is the only one smart enough to be like well we ran it over so it should be behind us or maybe underneath us i mean i get the father's first reaction is to check for damage to the car make yeah. sure the car is still fine because they're on an island they don't know where the nearest mechanic yeah. is they don't know how far away they are from their home they're probably like at least 30 minutes away from yeah. where they got directions you like... make a fair point but the front of the car shows no damage nope it's just got this black sticky tar-like substance on the grill I would call it like an icker. And not even like, like a the grill. Word. It's the... It's literally just on the front, bottom left of, of the, the front bumper. Yeah, yeah. And then the some point, I'm like, there's a few scratches. And the dad goes, I think those were already there. And so they're all trying to figure out what it was. The son suggests that it's tar from the road. They're the... on a dirt road or a very bad gravel road, Are though. they on a dirt road or gravel road? So the sky shot makes it look like a bad gravel road. The shot looking out partially out the window when we see Casper harassing his sister makes it look like pavement. And then before they hit... The thing it's definitely pavement. It looks like pavement, but then when they get out, it's a dirt slash gravel road again. It's a wild series of shots, as far as that goes. Yeah. But while this is happening, Josephine is like walking down into the field that they're near. Yeah. And she sees some more of the black tar-like stuffs. And she tries to gain her family's attention. And there's also a fence that we've seen already yes. off in the distance. And so she's walking over. Her mom's like, "Don't get too far away. It's not safe or whatever." And she's like, "Well, there's there's more of that black stuff over here. If we hit something, it might be over here." And they just ignore her to continue bickering about what it might be. Yeah, and while they're ignoring her, she's getting further and further in the field, mm-hmm. heading towards the fence, and then the red pickup truck from the first scene pulls up. And out steps the guy who dropped the cow We don't off. get his name for till the next episode, but his name is Muller. His name is Muller, yes. Yeah. And it, he also has another guy in the car with him. But when he gets out, he yells at Jose to get out of the field. It's not safe. What are you doing in there? This is private property. It's yeah. a private road. Get back to your family, and you all need to get back to the car and go. And, like, the father's like, we were just cutting through here to get to our place, and t- tells him where they're staying. He's like, cool. Cool. Next time, take the coastal road. This is a private road. Stay yeah. off of it. And the dad's just like, well, if you don't want people even on your like two minutes, you think you would put up signs? And the guy's just like, get in your car. And starts to walk towards him. The dad backs up. And then the mother tries to step in and be like, introduce themselves and be all nice about it. And she's like, get in your car and go. It's a private road. So then, after driving away. Be fair. I don't like Mads. Mads is a, like, car 
cardboard cutout of a man. Yeah. I don't mean that in a sexist manner or like a toxic masculinity manner. I mean, he doesn't exist. In the two episodes we get, we get like no personalization from him, no characterization. Oh, we get characterization. Other than the characterization is that he will default to whatever his wife prefers. He is... Like, you could poke him and he would fall over. Yeah. His only personalization it. is, default to my wife and uh, I wish son. I, I, I want to be a cool dad. Ha ha. I want to be friends with my kids. Yeah. But also insult my son when the chance arises. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he's one moment where he actually does something vaguely. Yeah. I'll call it out when, I get, when we get there. And then as they're driving away, man tells his kids, I told you kids, country folk were lovely. Yeah. It's very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. He, he is just being a dick. Because again, he's a cardboard yeah. cutout of a man. He couldn't say that to the guy's face, so he has so, to say it to his children to look stronger here. Yeah, like bro, you were in the wrong. It's fine, except the fact that you were in the wrong, and you'd be like, okay, like the guy seems kind of angry about just a road, maybe. But yeah, I guess it's fair. We're on his property, and we were told to take the coastal road. Yep. So they get to their vacation place without any more trouble. It's actually a very large house, and inside they like they carry some stuff in, and the father is like turning the fuse box on. Casper asks about internet. There is none. Yeah. And Josephine tries to claim a room for herself. And her mom's like, nope, your room's right next to me and your dad's. That's Casper's room. Even though Casper doesn't seem to give a fuck about any of the rooms. He doesn't even Mm -hmm. want to be here. And meanwhile, Mads is still trying to get everything into light because apparently one of the fuses is blown. No, all but one of the fuses. All but one, yes. Yeah. So the house has power in one room right now and that's it. Yeah. Which doesn't feel like you should, like that, whoever they're renting this from. We don't know if they're renting it. They never mentioned renting it. They're just staying in somebody's old place. Yeah, and they admit, we get the name later. So the, he might have just been like, yeah, here's the keys. Go stay in my place. Have fun. Sure, but like, I mean, it's kind of shitty, but whatever. Yeah. So Josephine then decides to go explore around the place. And her mom's like, no, you need to do this. And she just stops paying attention to her mom while her mom's just listening me through a bunch of shit. T- me too. And she walks outside. Yeah, Respect. Her, her mom's specifically like, no, we need to unpack first. And then we're going to make Christmas decorations. And then we'll, we'll see what we want to do after that. Yeah. Which isn't how the order of any of these events go anyways because they they need to get fuses for the house yeah the, the series of events should be get fuses unpack yeah or you know one person goes to get fuses and the rest unpack or something but yeah so josie goes outside and she's looking around some things and she sees some i don't know what they're called i know they have a name they're they're pagan tree charms uh-huh uh-huh it's highly reductive but i don't remember what they're called but yeah they're woven twigs in circles and some symbols dangling from the trees and there's also what seems to be a sprung bear trap also by them. I would clarify that it's an animal trap. It yeah. might not be a bear trap. It's not quite that big. They come in different sizes. True, true, true. Bears being biggest. Yeah. But then she sees off in the distance a structure of some sort. So she goes to it and it's a barn. I think but it's like, like a barn and a shed. Well, she right looks into other. one building that seems to have lights on and sounds like something's happening in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then she looks into another. So my first assumption was like this was a small like mill house that someone used it for like milling wood or some shit because it sounded like a saw was going like so it was either like a craft like someone's craft shop or some sort like a woodworking shop and then there's just a barn next door and they just left the saw on this entire time it fucking sounds like it. there was light on too well we don't yeah we don't know if the light was on to be to be 100 sure it could have just been a lighting with the thing but it yeah. looked like there was a light on so, because that wood was way too light saturated for there not to be a light source from inside the building. Yeah, so she looks around the barn and it's filled with a bunch of rusted things and a sheet metal and stuff yeah. like that. 
And it's got a rusted out tractor with one of those front attachments that lets you like scoop up dirt and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a plow of some sort, but I don't think it's called a plow because a plow is specifically a fix. Yeah. Mm. It's some form of tractor scoop. Then we get a jump scare because a cat runs out of the barn. Yep. And then we go to Joe going back inside. Yep. She goes back inside and she's excited about the barn she found and she's telling yeah. her parents. Her family is all making handcraft decorations and stuff. And eating cookies that were cooked already. I don't or... know where they got them from. I assume they came with all their shit that they packed because they packed so much stuff. They, they brought so much shit. Yeah. So she comes inside and she's excited about this barn and her mom's like, you, you were weird? You ran off weird? You need to let us know when you're going somewhere. And she's just like, but it was cool. And then her mom just kind of ignores it. And then she's like, well, sit down, do these crafts. You enjoy them. And she's like, no, I don't. And she's like, yes, you do. Sit down and do them. And she's like, no, you never listen to me. You just decide no, what I like, what I like, do. You enjoy them. And she's like, no, I don't. And then her mom's like, we're on vacation. And she goes, you're on vacation. Yeah. Because I don't want to be here. I, you yeah, guys exactly. never listen to anything I want to do or what I want. And she gets up, storms yeah. off and runs outside. Yeah, because also at this point, when they're doing that her mom's just like no and joe's is like well like i'm pretty sure that thing like we actually hit something and there might be some animal back there and her mom's like nope just sit down and do crafts so when she gets up to leave she goes out to get her bike and she says she's gonna bike back out to where they were and see if there's an animal that they left dying on the side of the road yep she's gonna go back to the fence she says and her mom comes on she's like no that guy told us not to go back there and also you don't need to do that and also i said no and then josie turns to her dad and he's like well you heard your mom and then she, josie like yells at her mom her, her mom goes Go to your room to calm down. Yep. Finger point at house. So Josie kind of tosses the bike down and walks inside and her brother's laughing and her mom scolds Casper for laughing. Yep. So she's back in her room and then Casper and Charlotte go to a nearby store to get the fuses they need. Yeah. Which does not align up with no. what? Because they're in the like kitchen living room area yep. making crafts and there's electric lights here. Yeah. Which the kitchen that we saw earlier is the room that Josie left from came back into another light. But when we heard that there was only only like earlier we saw distinctly like the hall light or whatever it was behind Mads as he was working at the fuse box turn yep. on and off. And now Josie in her room has light. Yeah. But, but anyways, anyways yeah. Casper and Charlotte, I think that's what her name was. I never yep, heard her Charlotte's her name. her name. She introduces herself in this scene. Mm. That's the first time we get her name. Are off to buy fuses. And when Casper sees that the girl running the shop is the same from giving directions, who we saw a brief shot of him looking vaguely interested earlier. He decides to go by himself and his mother seems amused by this. Yeah. But she specifically says, you're so cute when you're running errands. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird line. Like, and it's not just the dub. It's also the subtitles. I mean, maybe in like a different family dynamic, I would buy it like literally like kind of a jibing mock. Like, yeah, that's what the dad would say. It's not what she would say. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't fit with her character from what we've seen so far. So it just feels awkward. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he goes in and he tells her that, hey, I need these things. These fuses. And she just points to where they are. And, like, he continues to try to hit on her. And she's insanely unreceptive. Like, yeah. I, I don't mean it's insane that she's unreceptive. I mean, it's insane that he doesn't pick up on how unreceptive mm-hmm. she is. Because she is giving him as much back as a brick wall would. Yeah. All while continuing to actively work and do her job. And yeah. then we cut from her to... An older woman outside. And then Charlotte walks up and introduces herself. And is trying to be all nice and cheery. And he's like, do you know where we could get a Christmas tree? And this woman who is the girl who's in the store's grandmother. She owns yeah. the store. Because Charlotte briefly asks if she works here around the store and yeah. get that explanation. Yep, yep. And she's like, oh, we like our trees where they are. Where they do the best work. In the woods. In the ground. And Charlotte completely misreads this. She's like, oh yeah, environmentalism. Yeah. She says climate and holds a fist up. Climate. No, she says it as climate in the dub. <laughs> That's wild. I didn't catch that. Yeah, in the dub it said as climate. And I was like, weird. I know how to say the word climate. But Apparently 
the dub does not, though. The, the grandmother also, t- like, is aware of her family, and she's like, I heard you had an incident out on the private road earlier today. Yeah. You really should stick to that coastal road. And it's the best thing to keep you all safe and happy until you leave here. And if, you, if you're if you not quite understanding anything, feel free to come find me and we can talk about it. Yep. Just want you to have the best holiday you can. Mm-hmm. Until you leave. And then you come back to Casper, and he basically just seems to have given up, so he's leaving, and then the girl stops him and tells him, sure, she'll meet up with him tomorrow at the beach, sunrise. Well, at the harbor, sunrise. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's wild how quickly she turns. Like, she had no interest in him. I don't know why she does now. The only basis option here is that we have, like, a weird ins mouth thing going on here where she feels compelled to follow what is assumedly the isolation of the strangers because of the closeness of the community, but she's actually vaguely interested and he eventually whittled her, he eventually whittled her down. Though we see no actual scene or direction that implies that. It goes from stone-faced to just fine tomorrow. Yeah, anyways, back at the house, Mad's checking on Josephine and he comes off i guess actually this scene probably takes place after charlotte and casper are back which is why there's electricity in her room because he does specifically end the scene by saying come out to spend time with the family when you're ready but like he comes he comes in a room and he's like look we worry about you and sometimes we're a little overprotective but i mean you go off and you break an arm or something all the time yeah and she's like i i feel like she doesn't break arms all the time like if you wanted to set that as a seed for your story like she's accident or clumsy or accident prone maybe show that at a or hell have her in a cast at the start of this fucking holiday season it actually really reminds me of the way our sister's friend husband treats their one daughter mm, yeah 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 it's the very same like logic and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's dumb and re- reductive it's reductive treating them as less than the individual they are and she's like she insists like i'm responsible i'm old enough to do things by myself you just don't trust me you, you don't care yep and he's just like okay well when you feel better come outside and spend time with the family and leaves the room yep so as soon as he leaves the room she gets up get digs through her book bag or suitcase to find a flashlight, opens her window, sneaks out the window, sneaks past the family room where everybody's at, Yep. grabs her bike, and heads back to the fence. Yep. And then we see her get there, and we hear, like, a weird crying... Like It's half animal noise, half, like, humanish. Hurt, hurt child. Yeah. And it, it reminds me a lot of the younger brother in Ghost Stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so she walks over to it, finds something, picks it up and wraps it in like her jacket. Yeah. And is walking back along the fence. And we can see something behind the fence, like kind mm-hmm. of stalking her. We, we also hear like some sound from behind the fence, but we can't really tell what it is. And then she sees through the crack that she like, it's pure black on this crack area. So in the fence, so it looks like there's just nothing there but darkness. Yeah. And then it moves and she freaks out. Well, we sit there on a moment for the camera because we see that actually a small portion of the fencing is bent out along the bottom. Which is how this thing got out out of the fence assumedly yeah and then this thing on the other side slams into it she freaks out and runs so just i'm gonna go ahead and give it i called it a creature all the way through my notes i'm not gonna hold up to that in this review it's an elf not like assumedly they never in these two episodes we never get the name of the the creature stuff but yeah there's no other reason to call the show elves and not like a tolkien elf but like germanic folklore elves creatures of the woods that like consume those that are lost in the woods and like eat them down to the bone that type of elf which is why they feed it cows that would make sense it's germanic folklore elves not like tolkien elf totally makes sense though she runs off the episode ends credits no closing song thank god but yeah justice episode one what do you think well on a good note i do appreciate a good book ending of an episode which this show does it starts on the gate and ends on the gate like a good lingering shot of the gate yeah which if you're doing something horror or suspenseful does add an air of mystery or intrigue around 
this gate? Like, what exactly is it doing to keep things in or out? What's the purpose of it? Who builds it? Whatever. Obviously, this is much more recent men built, so we're not going to worry about the what built it portion, but, like, what's it keeping in, right? So that's nice. Well, like, similarly, drawing to that, one of my, like, favorite horror TV shows yeah. also does something very similar close to the end of season one, mm-hmm. where the episode opens on this giant wall at the edge of the, the city, yeah. the town, and then at the end of the episode, we have our main character, like, banging on this wall, trying to get out. If you're wondering what the show I'm talking about, it's Wayward Pines. Mm-hmm. The first season's excellent. There was no need for a second season. I was just gonna say the first season's excellent. That's it. I'm here to provide a micro review for Wayward Pines. Excellent first season. Yeah. It has no other seasons. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, so good book endings. It was nice. The sound design overall for the episode was fine until we got to the dub, which felt like no one was in the same room when it was recorded. It also feels very canned and like almost feels more like every line was recorded individually. And then you had some engineer symbol it, which always makes the lines feel kind of lifeless in my opinion. Yeah. So you know how like in 80s and 90s movies, and even some like 2000s movies you can distinctly tell when audio is ADR'd in yeah that's this entire dub yeah it all sounds ADR there are a few very very few decent moments of ADR in this yeah very few I want to be in agreement with you this show the episode the first episode introduces the entire plot premise very well mm-hmm. it's slow but that's fine for horror and suspense for episode one I don't think it's that yeah, slow it's not too slow it's, it's kind of but it's not bad we get the family dynamic enough that I, I know I hate the mother and I think the father sucks yeah I don't like the family dynamic but it doesn't mean that the show doesn't portray the family dynamic that it's doing well and it lays out the plot hooks there's a creature or series of creatures that live inside this fence a baby one got out they hit it with their car what are the consequences of these actions go it lays out all of that very well in episode one yeah it's a fine episode one it's interesting i mean it also does work to establish that our main character is not going to be trusted or presumably believed if she ever tries to go to any authority figure now that she would because she has unreliable authority figures mm-hmm. based on this episode alone i would continue watching the show but i would danish. be switching but i would switch the audio to danish and just read the fuck along in danish i would watch this ad- or or i would mute it and just watch it with subtitles the set you lose out on the sound design mm-hmm. which it does well because like the sounds in the forest are almost like it almost feels like you hear something roaring but you don't they've just kind of pushed up the ambient noise a bit and you hear like these kind of whispers blended into it and it works really well and we hear that like, a few times especially when we're getting more like establishing shots of the forest which kind of implies that maybe the forest itself is kind of this creature or it's the entire mysticism of the forest that is this darkness yeah the whispering that we get in the forest really reminds me of lost and the whispers in the jungle but then you get to the adr and it's just like man i don't want to hear this yeah Anyways, we're on episode two, entitled Creature from the Woods. Yep, there are creatures in the woods. Whoever would have guessed. No, we're specifically talking about the creature from the woods. The baby one that Josephine stole. Fuck, I thought we were talking about Moeller. He was in the woods and he came back out. (laughs) Okay, so episode two... And this is, I have to give it a compliment here. Episode two picks up right where episode one leaves off. Like I had assumed we'd probably pick up like the next morning. I just felt like where the show was going to do it, like how a lot of shows would. The only thing we skip is the amount of time it takes her to get on the bike and go back to the house. Yeah. She goes back to the barn. She's literally walking back into the barn, still with this thing wrapped up in her jacket. And flicks on the lights in the barn and they just come on. So, yeah. so th- this house and area has been uninhabited for who knows how long. Yeah. The fuses in the house are all blown except one. 
Yep, but out here in the barn, which had its door open to, yep. the, to the elements. Cracked open. Flipped on. No problem. Yeah. Wild shit. Different property. You can't prove it's not someone else's property. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so she's taking this thing that she's created in her arms and puts it into a kind of makeshift cradle, which is going to be the scoop on the front end of that kind of rusted out tractor. Yep. And then she notices that the creature has like the black tar stuff along its leg. Yeah. And she reaches to touch it and the creature reaches out. The elf reaches out and scratches her hand. Yeah. Which is, you know, seemingly makes sense because she probably irritated its injury that uh, assumingly has because it got hit by a fucking car. Uh, and uh, the size of this thing is like maybe like football. A football maybe slightly larger. And like I think that translates pretty well to our European listeners too. Roughly the size of a football. Which implies to me by the way that the way this creature like perambulates is probably like a bounding motion because when we see how it gets hurt later it's hurt on its like back left leg. Like so assumedly if it stands vaguely fair, humanish. Humans also perambulate. I said by the way it perambulates. It kind oh, of yeah, bounds. bounds. You're right. My bad. Yeah. yeah so assumedly if say it's even standing up at full height so it's standing like a human that's leg. its leg would be well below the front of the fucking suv bumper so this thing has to have been like jumping and then just got fucking hit in the air right maybe they did hit a pothole and maybe like, like they hit the pothole right and at like, the same time so like they were low enough not to hit maybe or maybe they hit a pothole and knocked up a giant piece of gravel and just fucking cut the thing's leg all these are options anyways after the elf cuts her hand we cut to the next morning and casper is out on the beach with the girl from the shop yeah we don't get her name yet her name is Liv though we get it like three yeah, seconds yeah he calls it when she leaves yeah and she's while they're walking along the beach and they're just talking and, and he's, he's like, like is there anything to do here She's like, no. He's like, well, what about school here? And she's like, we, we don't go to school here. My grandmother teaches me. And then they stop and they're looking at the ocean. Or, yeah, it's probably the mm-hmm. ocean. And she's like, it's beautiful, isn't it? The way the ocean and the sky just meet as one. And he's like, he looks at her and then he just looks out. And then because he doesn't say anything, she goes, oh, I guess you can't see it. And he's like, no, 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 I do. I do. And she's like, like, you're an idiot. Yeah. And then they turn back to face the island. And all of these birds come flying out of the forest mm-hmm. up into the air. And then she immediately goes back around and is like, I have to go. This was a bad idea. You and your family should have never come here. You should have never come here. Now you're gonna pay. Yeah. Sorry, Borderlands, like, ingrained into my brain. I got you. I understand. And then I have uh, no memory. And then she's running off. He's just like, wait, Liv. And that's it. We'll get her name here at least. Yay. So then we cut to the residents of the island. Liv's grandmother and the two guys from the truck. Moeller and Anders, I think, is actually he would probably say Anderson. Yeah, I don't think they said son. I think it was just Anders. My notes fucked up then. Okay, and she tells Moeller that they'll need to sacrifice another one. Well, to go get Anders, and that they need to sacrifice another one. Yes. So he walks into a cow barn and tells Anders to grab a cow. And Anders is just like, "Not Dina." And Moeller's <laughs> just like, "Their food. Stop naming them." He don't name your food. And Anders is like, "But I like them." Yeah, he Anders looks really upset as Moeller walks out. Yep. So we come back to the family breakfast table. Charlotte is genuinely curious about how Casper's date went. Mm-hmm. If you could call it a date, it was... Yeah, he... he I, I guess it's kind of a date. Casper responds, though. He's just like, we just walked along the shore and talked. And she's like, well, what'd you talk about? Like, she's very interested in knowing basically, it seems, every bit of minutia that happened. She is the type of parent that... They both have... Both her kids have cell phones. Mm-hmm. But she is the type of parent that has installed not just, like, tracking software on the cell phone, but also the type of software that lets her see every incoming message and outcoming message oh, on yeah, the definitely. phone. Any calls they make, yeah. Yeah, and then the dad trying to be the cool dad is like, do you hunger? And 
he's just like, what? And his wife's just like, that's too far. And then Josephine comes out to sit at the table. And she sits down and everything's fine until her mom sees that there's a small, very small scratch on the back of her hand. Okay, but can we both agree that Josephine messes up here? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go with, as we learn here in a bit, her skills of lying here that she shows are learned behavior because her family is also shit at lying. Yes. But she, like, her mom's like, how'd you get this? And she goes, it doesn't matter. It's nothing. And then her mom's like, how'd you get this? She's just like, I don't know, on my window? And she's like, you got it from the window? I don't know, a nail? There's a nail in your room? And she well, sounds Mads, like terrified about the idea that there's that. a nail. Yeah. You're going to have to look into that and get that fixed. And Josephine's like, it's not that big of an issue. It doesn't even hurt. Well, whatever. We're going to have to deal with it. And we're going to have to clean this up and at least put a band aid on it. And the thing here is, we can all agree the correct response is. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice that. Weird. I, I don't know. Maybe I scratched myself in my sleep. I have no Maybe idea. Maybe I scratched it in my sleep. Maybe I got it yesterday when I was out in the forest. Maybe it was when I was loading stuff in. Yeah, there's a bunch of ways it could happen. Maybe, maybe it was when I threw my bike on the ground. Yeah, there's a bunch of things. Any reasonable number of things to use as a lie or just be like, I've got no clue. I didn't even notice it. Uh, I don't know how many times in life I've like had a cut or like a scrape and somebody's like- Or a bruise and just be like, oh, I don't fucking know where that came from. And somebody's like, you got a cut there and you're like uh cut where oh shit you're right is it still bleeding it's not okay it's fine i'll clean it later it's actually a pretty large cut i don't know how i got that damn okay well thanks i guess maybe that's just like a quote-unquote country boy living thing don't ever say it like that again but maybe anyways though (laughs) her mother i could have actually like put the accent on it like nope like nope could have been just that old country boy living that's not even a very good accent for it it's not i'm terrible anyways though after her mom cleans it and puts a band-aid on it she's pitching the idea that they all go out to get a christmas tree and josephine's like no um i right now i don't like right after breakfast and i was like yeah and she's like i, I wanted to stay home and read you guys say i never read enough and even though we're on vacation i still need to read right read at least 20 minutes a day right dad and this is the first time mads has any type of backbone at all and he's like you know what she's right and it the mom's like, no, you're going with us. And the dad goes, she's old enough to stay at home by herself and read a book. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And then and Casper goes, well, if she's staying, I want to stay. And, and the mom's like, like, no, no. you're not. Yeah. She like, doesn't just like know him. She like, yeah. Slaps him with that. No, like it's a hammer. So Casper and their parents leave and, and Joe goes back out to the barn with the little med kit they have. An apple and a piece of bacon. Yep. And so the creature isn't in the scoop thing that she left it in. So she has to look around the barn and we hear it moving around. She eventually finds it. It's up in the loft. Yeah. It's a drawn out scene of clanking and some weird noise and stuff. It's meant to be uneasy. And she doesn't quite know how to get up to the loft right away. So she just throws the apple up to it. Yeah. Like after telling it that she has food for it. And so so we hear like some sniffing, like a light snarling sound. We hear like a bite noise. Mm -hmm. And then the apple comes flying down the stairs just as she finds the stairs yep she's like well i've got some meat too and, and she puts the bacon up on this on the loft floor very carefully and then we kind of just sit there and stare at a piece of bacon for a while and then a hand slow a tiny tiny little hand slowly reaches over the edge and grabs the bacon this show spends way too much time in some scenes that it doesn't need to spend mm-hmm. yeah we'll get to that at the end of the sh- at the end of the review and so she walks up to look at it not all the way up the loft but enough to turn her head and look at it we don't really get a good view of it just yet because it's we- back is to our camera we see it as a small like pointed head and it's just snarfing down that bacon and then we cut to the two men from the truck the day before the guys from the village and they're at the fence to sacrifice another cow and this 
time, Muller's like, hey, look, I've got other stuff I gotta go do. Anders, you take it in there. Yeah. You tie it off. Because okay. he was walking towards the gate, and then it seems he noticed something, so assumedly he noticed Foot tracks. Runs, yeah. And then Anders is like, well, I've never done it by myself. I don't know what to do. And Muller's just like, you go in there, you tie it up, and you don't linger. You get out fast. Yep. So then we go back to the family, minus Joe, and they're off on the side of a road, and they're putting a Christmas tree up on top of their SUV. Yeah, and Casper's like, this tree is too big. I don't know why we got it. And his dad's like, it's the perfect size to put Porky Santa. I assume it's like a Santa pig ornament. And Casper and his mom are both like, that thing is terrible. I don't know why we put it up every year. Yeah. And as they're bickering about that, a Jeep pulls up. And it's Liv and her grandmother. And the grandmother's like, I see you found your Christmas tree. And then Mads immediately goes, yeah, it was just lying out here in the woods. We just picked it up off the ground. Not immediately. They kind of all look at each other. Don't know what to say. It takes a moment. And she's like, it was it was lying over there. Yeah. She definitely doesn't believe him. And she's like, you know, the island is a nature reserve, right? I mentioned that, didn't I? She didn't. She did no. not mention that. But the mother agrees. Like, she definitely mentioned that they weren't going to bother the trees or anything. Mm-hmm. But she'd never straight out called it a nature preserve. And while the uh, grandmother is like being snarky with the mother and father casper and Liv kind of exchange glances yeah and then they drive off yep and the mother's like we shouldn't have done this we, i told we, you i told you so it was her idea Ca- yep mads doesn't have ideas he is a cardboard cutout he doesn't know how to think I, I mean that. His character has no, like... So we go back to Jose in the barn, and she is actually seeming to make some pretty good progress at getting this thing to approach her and kind of trust her. She's being very slow, gentle. She's kind of crouched down a bit, and she's trying to get it to let it bandage her, and it seems to be vaguely intelligent. And she's trying to get it to let her bandage it. Yes. I said her during time. Yeah, you said... Although, that would be hilarious that she's, like, trying to teach this elf how to put, like, this baby elf, how to put a bandage on her. Look, you scratched my hand. Fix it. <laughs> you gotta fix it. It. Yep. Yes, my mother already cleaned it and put a band-aid on it because she's overprotective, but now you gotta do it. Yeah. But she's like, you're hurt, let me help you. Let me just put a bandage on it. Like, And then she holds up her bandage and the thing starts to approach her slowly and then the door for the barn gets thrown open. And Casper's like, Josie, are you in here? Come on, hur- hurry up. They're so, busy looking for you and I don't want to decorate a tree by myself. Yeah, so she like tries to buy time, but he's not leaving. So she comes downstairs. Yeah, because obviously the moment he threw the door open, yeah. the elf took off. So she goes downstairs, and he's like, what were you doing out here anyways? And then he sees the elf. Yeah, and he thinks it's a rat. Yeah. And she explains to him that, like, it, we hit it. It's our job to take care of it. We yeah. Gotta- I mean, in an actually fairly decent thing here, assuming that he's, you know, the classic horror movie thing or just movie thing, he's supposed to be the strong older brother. He does take his sister and, like, position himself in front of her before he even, like, rationalizes any idea of what it is. He's yeah. like, oh, shit, there's movement up there. Which is nice-ish, I guess. I don't. It's... It's the most familial good thing we've seen out of this family at all. Yeah. And they argue and he's like, well, I'm just going to get our dad then. And she's like, don't. He'll take care of it. Don't. And then like, so they're walking back. He's like, well, look, we at least got to tell our parents. And she's like, no, we don't. It's our fault that I got hit. We were fighting. We distracted dad. And he's like, he's very like not into the whole idea. But then they're standing on the porch. Charlotte throws open the door and she's like, where were you? Yeah. Why haven't you changed clothes? And Jose is failing to come over the response. And then. Which I have a question. Why is it weird that she hasn't changed clothes? Yeah, she didn't go anywhere. Her clothes look warm and fine. Whatever. They're outside. Yeah, sure. It's Christmas. She looks to be comfortably warm. Why does it matter? It's not like she's in pajamas or something. No, she's not. She's in like actual clothes. Mm -hmm. She got dressed before she went to breakfast. Yeah. But then Casper just steps in. He's like, I don't know. She's just being 
weird. She's like that. Yeah, and he steps in and defends her, which is like the most character development we'll get for him in this entire episode. So then we get kind of like a brief, basically montage of them decorating and having cookies and stuff. You know, though, it's wild how much shit they brought to this cabin on oh, this yeah. island. I the, say cabin, yeah. but it's a, it's a house. And to this montage, we get, we wish you a Merry Christmas plane. And we also get a shot that slowly pans in on the window and then flips around from the window. So we're on the outside of the house and we see Moeller looking in from the forest at them. It's a hella good shot. Hella good shot. I know this show has good filmography and it works well. It's just a lot of this dub's bad and I hate the parents, but that's not a problem with anything really so they kind of finished decorating they're not done done but they're kind of taking a break mm, and they're apparently going to watch a movie it seems yeah and casper and josie are, are standing in the hall arguing because josie wants to go check on the thing and he's like no and she's like i'm going to go and he's like we're not gonna go without me and she's like yes i am he's like no you're not and then they start insulting each other asshole you're the asshole yeah so on and then the dad pops up and he's like i've got brownies well you know he's like Come on, kids. I've got pot brownies because yeah. I'm the edgy, cool dad. And then he's like, shut up. We're going to go for a walk. Yeah. Casper goes, we're going for a walk. And just they step outside. So then they go to the barn together. Mm-hmm. And they go up to the loft. And Jose is leading it. And Cassie is very hesitant. And Jose walks over to the elf, which she finds kind of wimpergreen. And Cass looks very reticent to even come up here. Yep. But together, the two of them work together to mm-hmm. like clean the wound. Well, Casper only gets involved after she calls him a baby. Yeah. Because that's what he's being used to insult her for the most part of this. It's what started the fight in the SUV. Yeah. yeah it's a fairly decent little callback. Like yeah. a good motivation. And he comes over to help and she goes to put the bandage on. And he's like, I think we should clean the wound first. Mm-hmm. So they do. And this thing lets out a weird like wellish screech that's just odd to the ear. It's a good sound effect. But All of its noises are weird to the ear. Yeah. But like they're good sound effects, but sometimes your brain just goes, that doesn't sound right. That That's not, that's not an accurate sound. Like that's, that's not sound. That's not normal sounds, which is honestly a good thing to kind of get from a horror thing. Casper then suggests giving it something for the pain. Yes. And we cut to the man in the forest. Anders. Which, let me clarify something. Never give an animal human medicine unless, unless you know how it's going to react with it. So or, this weird mythical looking creature, don't, don't give it human medicine. Or also don't don't take animal medicine or unless you have access to the internet and even then don't take the internet's advice on animal medicine yeah exactly horse tranquilizer will not cure you of covid horse dewormer dewormer my bad tranquilizer will it'll <laughs> cure you make sure you take the entire dose though <laughs> uh, not wrong not wrong you definitely won't have covid anymore you won't have a lot of problems anymore and then we cut from anderson in the woods he's like nervous and worried and he's pet i'm gonna let you in on here anders dies here but it's all his own fucking fault because he's he petting. doesn't follow the rules. He doesn't follow the rules. He's petting the cat and she's like, it's fine, you'll be okay. It's your turn, but you'll be fine. It's fine. And then he starts to walk off, doesn't pull his gun off his shoulder or anything, doesn't have it cocked, is nothing, is unprepared to fucking leave, and is slowly walking away. He doesn't follow the rules, so he dies. And then we cut back to the barn, but we're on the outside now. And Moeller is looking through a crack in the barn. And then we do the camera, turn again from his eye, because we see his eye against the crack, and then we turn it to see that, oh shit, he sees Casper and, Ho- Casper and Jose with... And- and he can hear them talking. He can't actually see the baby elf. Yeah. But he can well, hear them talking about he it. He does when he finally gets to look and we hear it yeah. moving in. And then, and then he's he, like, oh, fuck. He's Anders. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Anders. And he runs off and he like pulls a radio out. He's like, Anders, 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 Anders get out of there. And the reason Anders- why they're is one of their babies got out. And Anders like freaks out and starts running. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of this is going to be shot back between Anders running and Muller driving in his Jeep. And they're kind of just talking back and forth. Him telling Anders he's going to be there soon. Anders being like, well, I'm almost out. And then... Until Anders trips 
falls. His radio goes flying. His gun comes off his shoulder. Yep. He gets up and continues running. And then something from the ground reaches up and grabs his leg. Yeah, he's like trying to make his way up an embankment. Mm-hmm. And then this large, hairyish hand reaps up and like doesn't grab his ankle. It like grabs all the way around his calf, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, and like tears into his calf. There's blood. Mm-hmm. And then just pulls him down. And then we cut to Muller arriving outside the gate. He pulls a shotgun out here, runs up to the gate. It's and a rifle, not a shotgun. Yeah, his rifle. And he's yelling Anders at the top of his lungs, basically. And then we hear a thump. It sounds like it hit the truck. But we can see it hit the hood, the, yeah. the hood of the truck. And then something bounces off. Then he walks around the edge of his truck. And there's Anders' head. End of episode two. Yep. So, what are your thoughts on elves it's slow like episode one is fine the pacing in episode one is fine because it's an episode one so the problem with episode two though is just the pacing in episode one yeah, we can kind of forgive it because it's a setup episode it's the first yeah. episode of the series episode two however they take way too long on the scenes that don't require the stretch that they give it and i get it it's because the show is supposed to be a horror show so you're trying to build your suspense up yeah yeah you're trying to make you're trying to give a sense of unease but they build the sense of unease around the baby creature the baby elf yeah and that's not where the horror of this show comes from no the horror is the thing behind the fence yeah this baby elf not scary like we shouldn't be trying to make it the scary part of the show when that's not the scary part of the show no like the scary part of the show is the thing behind the fence the mother of the the, the baby like that yeah and also that you also could argue just like for the family at least the people on the island can also be a scary part of the show yes like having molar just watch them like obviously it's, he's doing something mm-hmm. good in the grand scheme of things yeah but the longer you take a while to make it hard to tell what he's doing or why he's doing it it makes it come across as creepy and adds a bit of suspense to it but yeah for me that's the biggest issue with season two i get that i would expect though the going into episode three the pace will pick up quite a bit because it's only actually a six episode series so like what two and a half hours total i did the math briefly while we were talking about stuff earlier and i think it ended up being like two hours and like 17 ish minutes i think i got like 137 adding up all the minutes that netflix only episodes were that really makes me wonder if this was a show in Denmark, or if it was a TV movie in Denmark that has been repackaged as a show. Mainly because of how clear the transition between episode one and two are. Yeah, but I mean, the ends, though, feel like episode ends. Yeah, they have an episodic structure to the episode two, so... Because, like, it's very much, I think, strictly because of the bookending of starting with the gate and ending with the gate on episode one, and then... Yeah, that, that does feel like something that that's more built for, like, an episodic yeah. thing, just the way they format it. But yeah, for me, I wouldn't watch any more of this show just because well episode one had the right hooks to pull me in i don't like any of the characters really and on top of that the pacing for episode two has just been so bad that i don't want to invest more time into it the fact that it's only six episodes maybe like cuts that down a little bit yeah i can understand that but i just i don't have the innate need to finish this series even though it's only six episodes yeah so I think I'm more tempted to watch this show than you are, but not extremely so. Like you, yeah, I don't like the pacing of episode two. I definitely think there's spots where things could be cut, but I, I do enjoy some of the points of it. Like, it has really good filmography in episode two that we were talking about. Like, some of the scene transitions from, like, inside the house when we see Muller on the outside and kind of just the way they're using the camera works really well. But one, of course, like we mentioned, the if I was to continue watching, I would not be listening to the English audio version. Oh, God, no. God, like, no. You have to listen to the Danish. Yeah. And, but yeah, because there's only six episodes, I think I'm more likely to watch it because I always do love kind of schlocky horror, which holiday horror generally ends up being. However, this doesn't feel very Christmassy. I mean, it's set around Christmas. Yeah, it's, it feels... It's like Die Hard. It's, I was literally it's, about it's, to say that. It's yeah. Christmas the way Die Hard is Christmas, and Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. I will fight all of you. Yeah, everyone that insists Die Hard's a Christmas movie, you're wrong. It's set around Christmas, but it is not a thematically Christmas movie. Thus, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, there are definitely Christmas horror movies that are thematically Christmas 
Christmas fucking Krampus, Black Christmas, Letters to Satan Claus. But no, there's a fuck ton of shit. And it's holiday horror because it revolves around the holiday and there's something horrific suddenly about the holiday. Yeah, it's it's horror because you're taking a like established thing and then changing it in yeah, a way. altering it. Yeah, that's why like, it's horror. Like back when we were getting that rash of like fairy tale horror movies like the fucking Tooth Fairy back in like the early 2000s. Dude, that movie scarred me as a child. It's a bad movie though. If you ever watch it, it's not a good movie. I watched 10 minutes of it as a child. That was it. <laughs> It's fine, but it's just not a good movie. But that's going to be it for us for the year. Yeah. We have no more co-pilots coming. Not Why whatsoever, would we? Except. I, I don't like this except thing. Well, I mean, I don't think most people like this except thing. It's a, it's a Christmas special. Nobody likes Christmas oh, specials. Oh, God, no. Christmas specials are fucking the worst. For the third year in a row, we're, we're going to bring you Co-Pilots Christmas, which drops on Christmas Day, December 25th, where we review a Christmas movie. Yay. We have some ideas. Yep. But if you want to give us any suggestions and you you only have December Basically 23rd. Maybe the 24th if we take forever. Who knows? You can reach us via a smattering of ways. You can find us on Twitter at Copilot's Review. You can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You can find links to those and much more on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which has links to Discord, YouTube, and our Patreon as well. But not our Hive, and Hive is back up and operating again, so you can find us there as well at Copilot's Review. Yeah, so enjoy your holidays, guys, and thanks for flying, and please fly again soon. 